Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Welcome to the program. Pete Callender here, and uh, the phone number is 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. The email is Pete at the thepetecallendershow.com, and on Twitter, where I have been having lots of fun with uh, loony leftists over the last uh, 72 hours or so. Come join the fun at Pete Callender, and that's Callender with a K. Um, so, yes, there's one uh, individual that... So at some sometimes you just have to block them for their own mental health. Sometimes you have to do that. And I admit sometimes I try to push people towards that point so they realize that I'm doing them a service, right? If they cannot stop uh, tweeting at me, then I just kind of goose them along until I finally just either mute them or block them. And then uh, I'm not responsible for any kind of mental health issues that they're having, uh, which they obviously are displaying because they say they don't care at all what I have to say or uh, about uh, my opinion of them or what they're tweeting. Yet they keep talking to me. And I don't understand why you would do that unless you do want my approval or you do care what I uh, think about what you're saying. And I don't. And that's the thing that's so amazing to me. I tell them right out of the gate, like, you've mistaken me for somebody who gives a flying fig Newton about your opinion. I don't care. You, you've you come into my Twitter feed and you're, you're nasty. And I think, oh, by the way, I did find this out. Apparently, the reason why I attracted so many members of the Moonbat Brigade over the last uh, few days, apparently Twitter did something with the algorithm and... They apparently stuffed one of my tweets into people's timelines where, you know, Twitter has that thing. Uh, they, was it for you? I think I don't, I do not use, I do not rely on Twitter to curate my content. I do that myself. Okay. Like I, I follow people and I have a list and I put them on a list and uh, you can follow that list and you'll see the people that I follow. I follow certain hashtags like NCPOL, which is North Carolina politics, North Carolina General Assembly, Charlotte City Council. So I've got hashtags. It is rare that I will ever look at the curated list that Twitter does for me because they get it wrong. <laughs> they really think I'm interested in... Uh, you know, Ibram X. Kendi. Uh, I, no, I don't. I'm not going to follow him. No, I don't care. White Fragility Woman, Robin D'Angelo. No, I don't care. But they, they put these things into my timeline. So apparently they did that with one of my tweets about gun control. And I went over the some of the highlights of this yesterday. Um, and because in the wake of the, the school shooting and then the, the left's uh, successful pivot with their allies in the media uh, away from the Christian school shooting and to the Tennessee Three, which I think is not fair because the woman didn't get expelled because racism, remember? So, yeah. So, like, I, I don't think it should be the Tennessee Three. It's just the two. It's the Tennessee Two. Stop, stop trying to shoehorn that liberal white woman into the, the black man's uh, 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 punishment there. She didn't get punished. They did. 
Anyway, uh, so now they're back. They're getting sworn in again because they got reappointed uh, by their you know local political parties or city council or whatever that are controlled. I mean, because they come from you know very safe Democrat seats, and so the Democrats in charge at the local level reappointed the two Tennessee lawmakers that got expelled, and so they're like in your face, and they brought this bigger mob. And so, like the lesson here, um, as I saw somebody mention moments ago on the Twitter machine, the lesson here is that um, if you object to us bringing a mob to the legislature we will come back with a bigger mob so don't object to us mobbing the legislature to prevent any work from being done uh you you are not allowed to take any uh actions against us when we violate the rules which apparently now they're saying that they didn't know that it was against the rules so right so they're yeah they're pleading ignorance of the the rules of the body that they took an oath to uphold but whatever so like that was their yeah that's their excuse now is that we didn't know you weren't supposed to go on the floor with a bullhorn and lead a mob of people to you know take over the the legislature i didn't know that was against the rule oh the sergeant at arms when he was telling me to stop i didn't know i'm supposed to listen to the sergeant at arms i mean their name doesn't at all indicate some level of authority sergeant at arms like when i just thought that you know they had arms or something. I don't know. Whatever. So they're back in uh, the legislative halls. And if you object to that and you object to them storming the halls with a mob and obstructing uh, the, the people's work, the democracy from occurring, then uh, they will come back with more mobs, bigger mobs, and they will shut it down again. They will continue the beatings until morale improves. Um so we now know a little bit more, and they, so congratulations, by the way. I should tip of the hat to there to the uh, uh, to the Democrats and to the media. But I repeat myself for the uh, uh, for the successful pivot away from the victims of the Christian school shooting and the perpetrator of the Christian school shooting in Nashville. Uh, the the pivot was successful, and now we have another shooting from yesterday that occurred at a bank in Kentucky, and. Uh, this one didn't work out, uh, for a lot of the leftists, uh, as they were, I think, hoping, uh, in that the shooter does not appear to be a right-wing militia gun nut guy. No, yeah, sorry. Didn't work out that way. This is why I always wait, by the way. Like, I don't know, like, all right, first off, I always say this after these types of attacks, it is impossible for rational and sane people to figure out a motive that makes sense because rational sane people do not engage in these types of attacks right so i don't care really like what their stated motive is because i recognize what they are doing is evil and insane and that's enough for me i don't i don't care I don't care to listen to your explanation, quote-unquote, to read your manifesto. I am not going to assign blame to everybody that may share a thought with you that you wrote down in a manifesto before you engaged in an evil and insane act. I don't, I don't impugn everybody. So the fact that the shooter from Kentucky yesterday, uh, the fact that he had he, him in his linkedin bio he had his pronouns listed right i don't automatically assume that everybody with their pronouns listed in their bios uh i don't automatically assume that they are going to go in and murder people i mean i do have some thoughts about you but i like i don't i don't assign any connection there 
about your motives to this one person who did this terrible thing. Because it's not, it's not causal, right? Him putting those pronouns in his bio doesn't mean that everybody who does so is going to go murder people. And this is, this is one of the things that you know, my friends on the left don't ever seem to really understand is like when you start extrapolating these types of causes out and assigning blame, like you're engaging in a very crude form of, of prejudice and bigotry here, right? You're, you're ascribing motives to people all the time. And after every one of these shootings, there is this race to assign the blame to your political adversaries. And frankly, um, we're, we're, we're kind of fed up with it. And I think it's time we do have the national conversation about leftists committing these types of uh, crimes. No? I mean, if we're going to have a, quote, national conversation about various things here, I think this should be one on the table. We've got a couple of them now. Actually, we have several. There have been several. This guy, um, I don't know what his politics were. I don't know if he put the... I actually, I do. I'm sorry. I do. Because they found his Reddit. Yeah, they found his social media profiles and stuff. And aside from suffering a whole bunch of concussions throughout his uh, high school football career, so much so that he apparently had a uh, social media profile, Mr. Concussion. Um, Yeah, but he also posted a whole bunch of uh, pro-lockdown and anti-Trump posts. So he, he was politically of the left. But he was also mentally unwell, right? Obviously so. And so when when these shootings occur and people say this is a mental health problem, this is what we're talking about, right? How and, and so maybe you talk about then, okay, well, if he was suffering from mental health issues, how did he legally purchase the gun? And now the gun grabbers are going to be like, yes, we need to get rid of the guns or red flag laws or uh, let's put up you know lists or whatever. But then when you start asking for the details of how that system works, show me how the system works. How do you get on the list? How do you get off the list? Who makes the determination? Who um, uh, who keeps the list? Right. These are these are really important details, because as you start hashing those out, you're now going to start prohibiting people from purchasing guns. There's got to be, and that's why when you, it's adjudicated, mentally unwell, right? If you get adjudicated, if you go through a court process and get and get adjudicated as mentally unwell. Now, did this guy's fa- uh, friends and family think that he might snap like this? His his mom and his brother went down to the scene of the uh, uh, of the shooting, like immediately. They to identify him, they knew it was him. So. I don't know. We're going to find out more details about that. I've got some more stuff to go over with this. Also, uh, a story at WCNC about the CMS body cameras. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting story. Uh, apparently, they don't catch all of the weapons. I'm as shocked as you. All right. Now, given the state of affairs in our country and the world, are you asking yourself whether you're prepared for an emergency? I actually get asked this a lot. My answer, start at Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies, the full line of Augustine Farms and Mountain House Foods, books, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, camping and hiking supplies. Being prepared is just smart. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing or somewhere in between, 
Carolina Readiness Supply can help. In Waynesville and online at carolinareadiness.com, get tickets to the Heritage Life Skills event also. Make a day trip to the mountains and return home fully prepared. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? All right, New York Post. Headline, Louisville Shooter was star athlete but suffered multiple concussions. Um, The man suspected of killing five and injuring eight at the Old National Bank in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, was a star athlete in high school who allegedly suffered so many concussions that he wore a helmet at basketball games. Well, he was... That's poorly written. He, While playing, while competing in the basketball games. He didn't just go to basketball games wearing a helmet. He had this, like, padded... Yeah, he had, like, a padded helmet that was... um. You know, like the boxers wear, like for their sparring matches and stuff. That's what he had on his. I've seen the picture. He's, he had one of these like padded helmet things and he wore it during basketball games. He was apparently a very good basketball player. His dad was the coach. He was a uh, he ran track. He won some track trophy um, and um, he was also a football player. Uh, which apparently is where he got all of the concussions over the course of his uh, like middle school and high school career. Um, police identified him as a 25-year... I'm not, by the way, not giving his name. Uh, that's my standard uh, protocol. Uh, I, uh, did, uh, I don't ever name these people um, because that's what they that's what they crave. That's part of what they're doing is to is to find purpose. Uh, and something you know meaningful to be uh, to make out of their lives. Um, Twenty-five years old, an employee at the bank who live streamed his rampage on Instagram before police shot him dead. Uh, I also understand that they're going to be releasing the body cam footage uh, of that uh, of the police neutralizing this guy, you know, putting him into the uh, proverbial celestial dirt nap. Uh, when he was a freshman at the Floyd Central High School in Floyd's Knobs, Indiana, it's, which that's kind of weird to me that there's multiple Floyds and multiple Knobs in one place like that. I mean, what are the odds? Well, I guess probably pretty good if you got multiple Floyds. I mean, it's not a terribly unique name, especially if it was, you know, 100 years ago or something. Indiana, maybe a couple of Floyds got together. And they were like, we'll just call it, because there's no apostrophe here. It's just Floyd's knobs. Or maybe it's a, maybe it's a typo, and it's just, it's just a singular knob. It doesn't matter. But uh, this guy, the shooter, was an athlete. He played basketball, football. He ran track. His father was the head coach of the team. A uh, former classmate told the Daily Beast that he was known as Mr. Floyd Central, which is, I mean, I mean well, maybe that's what I call him then. Mr. Floyd Central. Floyd Central, I'm just calling that. Um, but the classmate who asked to remain anonymous noted that Sturgeon... Oh, gosh, I said his name. Sorry. Dang it. I forgot to cross that one out. He, he oddly wore this helmet while playing basketball. Uh, he played football with him in the eighth grade, and he was out for most of the year because he had multiple concussions. Uh, and then he had a couple more in high school, according to the uh, classmate. So now this is, of course, raising the question of CTE. Right, the degenerative brain disease caused by repeated blows to the head. So that's, I suspect, this is where some of the focus is going to go 
yes, he had an AR-15, so, uh, you know, we're going to, you know, obviously stand on the bodies of the dead people in order to, say, take the AR-15s. But I suspect we're also going to hear about CTE. Just a prediction on that one. Just saw... Hang on a second. I just saw this... Uh, when was this published? It's I think it's new. Um, yeah, April 5th. All right, so within the last week, here's the name of the study posted at frontiersinpublichealth.org. It's a, a research uh, website, magazine, whatever. Here's the name of the study. Physiometabolic and Clinical Consequences of Wearing Face Masks. Systematic Review with Meta-Analysis and Comprehensive Evaluation. And then uh, it says, uh, background, as face masks became mandatory in most countries during the COVID-19 pandemic, adverse effects require substantiated investigation. So they did a systematic review of more than 2,100 studies that looked at adverse effects from wearing masks. And then they say, we found these effects, da, 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 overall standard mean deviation, 0.7295, whatever. They got a lot of numbers here. Let me just scroll down here to the, uh, to the, the conclusion. Well, they have two different... Right, so number one, discussion, and number two, conclusion. Number one, discussion. Masks interfered with O2 uptake and CO2 release. So oxygen, breathe in, CO2, breathe out, right? Masks interfered with breathing in, breathing out, and compromised respiratory compensation. Though evaluated, wearing durations are shorter than daily and prolonged use, outcomes independently validate mask-induced exhaustion syndrome. Mask-induced exhaustion syndrome. M-I-E-S is what it's called. M-I-E-S. And downstream physiometabolic dysfunctions. M-I-E-S can have long-term clinical consequences, especially for vulnerable groups. So far, several mask-related symptoms may have been misinterpreted as long COVID symptoms. In any case, the possible MIES contrasts with the WHO definition of health. Conclusion, face mask side effects must be assessed under a risk-benefit paradigm against the available evidence of their effectiveness against viral transmissions. And in the absence of strong empirical evidence of effectiveness, mask wearing should not be mandated, let alone enforced by law. A meta-analysis of the mask studies. This is what they find. The exact opposite of, well, it actually was the original position that masks don't stop the respiratory virus, but then they abandoned that when COVID came around. And we still have, we got the science. Fauci's out there doing interviews where he's like, I should have masked earlier. I should, we should have come down harder and masked earlier. He's, he's, he's out there doing interviews like this. And now we get this. That people are, you may, you may be diagnosed with long COVID when it's in fact M-I-E-S. It may have actually come from the mask wearing. Like smothering yourself for long durations of time might have had an adverse effect, apparently. <laughs> so, well, that's, look, I'm just, I'm just presenting the science and data. I'm just giving you the Fauci here. That's all.
Don't blame me. Uh, Alrighty, so the CTE, right? Chronic traumatic encephalopathy, a degenerative brain disease caused by repeated blows to the head. Uh, this is the member, what was his name? A.A. Uh, a. Ron Hernandez, the, the football player, right? People who get diagnosed with CTE usually have impaired thinking and memory. Are, uh, they're prone to aggression, mood swings, depression, paranoia. And so this, I suspect, is going to be uh, pointed to as what prompted this shooter to go murder his colleagues. And in some cases, they were his friends. These are people that this guy worked at the bank with and had for a long time. He had been an intern there uh, for like three consecutive summers. And then he got a job there and and he went into their morning meeting and apparently he was getting fired. And we don't know why he was going to be fired. Maybe it was for cause. Maybe it's something related to his uh, whatever, you know, the CTE problems, if he had that. I don't know. Uh, I suspect the family is going to allow his uh, brain to be autopsied, though, to see if there are signs of uh, of that, which, given the number of concussions he apparently uh, had over the course of his athletic career, it might very well be the case. After graduating high school, he went on to University of Alabama. He studied finance. He got his Master's of Science in finance about three years ago. Um, he worked uh, as a summer intern for the Old National Bank. That's the name of it, Old National Bank, ONB. Um, three consecutive years, he joined as a commercial development professional in 2021, full-time associate and portfolio banker uh, last year, according to his LinkedIn account, where he has the pronouns listed, which, by the way, a lot of people do that now, so it's hard for me to know automatically his politics based on the listing of the pronouns because so many people do it in order to fit in. They do it so they don't get blackballed, right? They do it because you got HR people that are put that are telling all of their people to put it in their uh, their uh, with their automatic signatures, you know, that go onto the emails and stuff. Like I'm getting, uh, we get press releases. I get press releases. WBT News gets press releases, right? They come into the um, into the joint accounts and stuff. Uh, but I'm also on lists where I get all these emails, and almost every single one that is coming from like a marketing firm or a publicist or something, the the people that are sending them, they've got pronouns in their bios, in their signatures. You know, oh, this is, you know, Pete Callender from Pete Callender Media. And, um, you know, if you want to book uh, Pete's guest, give him a call. And then they got, you know, he, him. They put it right there in the in the signature. So it's like this, yeah, it's a, it's a badge, right? It gets you access. It's like a RFID badge. Like, boop, boop, and now you're into the building. <laughs> that's, that's a, yeah. Like, everybody feels the need to do this because if you're trying to apply for jobs, you put it in there and you signal, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm okay. I'm down with the struggle. Um, or you just do it because everyone else is doing it. You don't want to be disqualified. Even if you think it's silly, you're still doing it. You're still engaging in the, uh, in the charade, right? Um, his Instagram account, where he filmed the shooting, uh, has been taken down. Uh, screen grabs shared by local reporters show that uh, in the days or the hours leading up to the shooting, he was unsteady. Um, I don't think that's like a vertigo thing. I think it means like like mentally unsteady, according to this New York Post article. His alleged final posts 
which could not be immediately verified by the New York Post, included meme photos with the captions, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Uh, I could burn this whole place down. And his last post allegedly said, they won't listen to words or protests. Let's see if they hear this. And um, he was apparently about to be fired uh, by the bank. Now, he also uh, had a Reddit account, and he made a series of posts over the years, um, anti-Trump posts, pro-lockdown posts. Um, one shows um, this, like, really muscular cartoon character getting asked by some, you know, smaller character, wow, how'd you get, how'd you get like that? How'd you get so big? And the muscular character says, well, every time Trump tweets some racist stuff, I do a push-up. And then the, the the small guy's like, whoa. Although, yeah, whatever. So like that, I, I've cleaned that up for FCC purposes. So this is the kind of content he was sharing on social media. So we got a good idea of what his politics are. Not that that matters, and it didn't cause him to do it. Right? The guy was mentally unwell. Obviously so. But I point this out because if it wasn't, if he wasn't sharing leftist memes... Instead, he was sharing rightist or right-wing memes. You know what this argument would be. It would be stochastic terrorism. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Uh, alrighty, so what is what is stochastic terrorism? Right, it almost sounds uh, like the study of something terrorist related. Okay, I don't think we need to, I mean, terrorism is like violence motivated by ideology or you know you're trying to get people to to change their behavior based on threats intimidation right you're it's a there's some sort of uh uh you know targeting of a of a populace uh in order to get them to change their behavior or to eradicate them right but it's to it's to induce some sort of other thing and so that's you're, you're terrorizing them right you're using fear to motivate so we all understand that. But what is the stochastic part? Well, let's go to dictionary.com, which thankfully has gone woke. And so now uh, we literally have a dictionary. It is the dictionary that will tell us, uh, uh, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard to follow because they change the definitions. Uh, I think the guy in charge of doing that is a fellow named Winston Smith. Anyway, he, so he'll just like change words and stuff. And so you got to be, you got to kind of monitor it every day. Every day you got to read the whole dictionary just to make sure that a word uh, doesn't mean something bad now when it might have meant something good yesterday. Anyway, stochastic means essentially random. That's random. The word stochastic in everyday language means random. When you put it next to terrorism, though, it means something different. See, this is what I mean. Like, so now it's not just random terrorism, right? Stochastic terrorism is, quote, 
the public demonization of a person or group resulting in the incitement of a violent act which is statistically probable but whose specifics cannot be predicted. In other words, Republicans. Okay, Republicans. This is what it means. It means that Republicans said stuff, conservatives said stuff, and while there's no connection to a particular random violent act, there's no indication that the person who committed the act ever heard that Republican person say the thing or the conservative person write the thing or whatever. There doesn't ever have to be any kind of causal relationship there. No proof connecting the two events. But if you're a Republican or a conservative, even a libertarian, and you say something, and it turns out that some guy who commits a random act of violence somewhere else that never heard you say it, you're responsible. And no, this does not apply to the left. They Stochastic terrorism only occurs on the right. I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. Because if it did occur on the left, I mean, you could point to a whole bunch of attacks, a whole bunch of violent attacks, right? You could. I mean... The attempted assassination of like a majority of the North or the uh, the uh, Republican caucus on that baseball field, right? Like that was a pretty. I mean, that, the guy's literally screaming, "This is for healthcare," right? As he's trying to murder all of these Republicans. See, that's the kind of thing that you would, if he right, if he was a if he was a Republican or right winger or whatever, if he was on the right and he was trying to murder Democrats, then that's that would be stochastic terrorism. Right, but because he was a lefty, he was a Bernie bro. Then it's not stochastic terrorism. Okay, that's the you always got to keep this in mind. I think though we probably should have some sort of other term, maybe or something else to have uh, to apply for the people on the left that may be inspired by the violent rhetoric and such, because it's all over the place. Right? It's, I mean, it really ratcheted up when Trump got in. Remember Kathy Griffin? See, like, that's not stochastic terrorism, but it'd have to be something else. we got to come up with a different name to apply to that kind of rhetoric that might inspire violence against the right. Like the Family Research Council, remember that, the uh, where they got targeted because of the, um, uh, uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center, called them terrorists, called them, yeah, and so then some nut job went and shot the place up. Right, so, like... Right. There would have to be a different term for that kind of rhetoric that inspires the attacks. Um, yeah, or like Rand Paul, right? The guy who's, well, no, that was just over, that was just over lawn mowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people are searching for this term, stochastic terrorism, because Juliet Kayem who previously served in the Department of Homeland Security as Assistant Secretary for Intergovernmental Affairs, used the term stochastic terrorism on Twitter, on CNN, and in an op-ed at the Washington Post to discuss the El Paso shooter and to connect that shooting with Donald Trump and white supremacy. See, that's how that is the proper use of the term. It's only, it's only on the right. There you go. But I think we, ha I think we probably should have a national conversation about what appears to be some sort of a similar thing on the left. We just need a different term for it, because it's definitely not stochastic terrorism. That only happens on the right. It's like a civil war. Those only happen on the right. Democrats never have an internal civil war. Ever.
Thank <laughs> you.